0: on the internet, Travis, second and Josh. What up, everybody?
1: Welcome to a very special first listen.
0: Yeah, it's me and John. Uh... Going to you fan... don't get to
1: see us, this, see us this time.
0: Yeah, we're gonna fanboy out a little special podcast uh, to talk about the new Gorillaz album, Song Machine Volume One, Strange Times. You know, it would be called Strange Times. Yeah. In twenty twenty.
1: Yeah. I mean they already did Demon Days that
0: one's off that title's off the table. Yeah. <laughs> uh so I remember uh early this year when they dropped uh Momentary Bliss and I fucking absolutely loved that song.
1: Yeah, I remember that uh we you and I have been like discussing this Song Machine project Off and on all year Like like Those of us Those of you who have listened to our Speaker Brains Podcast that we've done Will doubtlessly have heard us Chattering about gorillas And specifically Song Machine At various points throughout Uh, And I remember you saying that it, it, It was reminding you of Old gorillas but I think That was when it was just Desole and uh, Momentary Bliss.
0: Yeah, um, because uh, we did a little review for... I think we did a little review for uh, Momentary Bliss, and I mentioned that I wanted to review each individual song as it came out, and then we just never did, and... because I didn't know, at this point I was like, "Was it just going to be a couple songs and then that's it? I was like, are they going to do a bunch of songs and then eventually put them on an album? And I'm glad that they just went ahead and did that. They just did a bunch of songs, released them all like every month or so, and then piled them all together on a physical fucking CD. And they kind of did the humans thing where the standard version, you know, it's just like the main tracks that uh, you saw pop up on the YouTube, but then the deluxe version has a second CD with six extra tracks and the, uh, the song How Far featuring uh, Tony Allen, who uh, is a legend. And, and who
1: sadly passed away. Yeah,
0: and seriously. And the dude's a fucking legend in the whole Afro rock scene. At the whole oh, yeah. Afro beat scene. Oh yeah. And, and fucking love the shit out of dude. He also played drums on both uh, Good the Bad and the Queen albums. Uh, and which finally, what this year I finally got the uh, the newest. <laughs> Uh, good, the Bad, and the Queen, and fucking love the shit out of that album.
1: Yeah, that was, that was, that wound, I think that wound up being my album of the year for 2018.
0: I can, I can feel that.
1: We, we are, we are big Damon Albarn fans in this, in this pod, your podcast.
0: Yeah. <laughs> on this, on this here podcast, um, so... Uh, my copy finally came in yesterday. Amazon's kind of getting a little slow with pre-orders again. Uh, early this year when the COVID hit, Amazon was running a little crazy. Um, and they're kind of, they kind of picked back up and, and shit was coming in on time. But now it's kind of slowing down a little bit again. I mean, I've got the, I got both versions of the new Mr. Bungle pre-ordered. Which comes out this Friday, but uh the standard release is going to is scheduled to be here next Tuesday while the deluxe version is scheduled to be here on the thirteenth of next month. Huh. Yeah. So hopefully that album fucking has auto rip so I can at least hear it uh you know, on fucking release.
1: Well, it's like I said, it's weird because it's like it auto-ripped fine for me, but I will say this, it did not auto-rip with the bonus tracks. Weird. So, I actually, to tell you the truth, and I remember we this came up after we wrapped the podcast yesterday, uh, I had no idea there was going to be two discs. Oh
0: yeah? Damn. So that was a nice surprise.
1: Yeah, I, I literally just ordered this because, you like, you know me, I'm a physical media guy. I want I you know it's I want to be able to hold the object in my hands and manipulate it.
0: Yeah, it's gotta go with the other ones. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's
1: on my shelves.
0: It's gotta go with its <laughs> brother and sisters. Oh um, but yeah. So spoil-
1: big spoilers. I really like the album.
0: Yeah, so so do I. It is uh, it's pretty phenomenal. Now like we were saying just a second ago, that Desolée and especially Momentary Bliss reminded uh, us of all Gorillaz. A lot of the other album kind of just sounds like Gorillaz in the past 10 years.
1: The rest of the album, uh, I will, you know, I, there's not a huge amount of reviews of this yet, which is inter- kind of interesting. Uh, but almost every review was mentioning something that I myself was thinking the first time I listened to it on day one, which is, this reminds me a lot
0: of Plastic Beach. Yes, that's, uh, that's one that I was gonna come up to. Maybe not as poppy as some of the, uh, songs, but I've noticed, especially from, uh, with, with Humans and the Now Now, uh... Damon Albarn uses a lot of the same vocal effects for 2D that he used on Plastic Beach, and there's a lot of the same sounds uh, making some of the music. I've been
1: saying this for a while now, that, you know, there's, there's, I think I probably said this on our Gorillaz Retro, there's two eras of Gorillaz, you know, even though the second era has now lasted years longer than the first one. There's when they were using hip hop producers, and there's the at what at this point five albums Damon Albarn has self produced.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: And the you know I hate to say it because you know I love you know we love Damon Albarn here, but like the albums he has self produced all kind of sound the same. There is a much more of a continuity between gorillas than there was, like, 15 years ago.
0: Yeah, like, when you hear, especially because when you hear the first album, it sounds very similar to all the other projects that, uh, Dan, The Automator's a part to. Like, there's a lot of stuff that sounds like Handsome Boy Modeling School. There's a lot yeah. that sounds like, uh, um... Dr. Octagon, yeah, and then when you get to uh, Demon Days, that sounds very much like a Danger Mouse project. I mean, a lot of it does sound like some Gnarls Barkley, or uh, um, even even a bit of that. And this is like before Danger Mouse was like a really well-known guy. This was like right when he was starting to break out as a producer, because at this point uh, I only really know of um, Danger Doom, and there's bits of Demon Days that remind me of of Danger Doom, and even some of the later Danger Mouse projects kind of have that Demon Days vibe. Like when you hear uh, Modern Guilt from Beck, like you, you can tell it's fucking Danger Mouse, but yeah, there's when you get little the little plastic- yeah. And when you get to Plastic Beach, whole new sound. Uh, but then when you get to The Fall, sounds like Plastic Beach Light. Then you get to Humans, sounds like Plastic Beach with a shitload of money. And then you get to The Now Now, sounds like, you know, Plastic Beach Light again. Like they all kind of have that. It's like these are the Albarn albums.
1: Exactly, it's like there's a there's a there's a common thread running through everything that they've done since Plastic Beach that wasn't necessarily running through everything you know the two albums that came before it and uh, this one I though I really you know. It does sound like Plastic Beach in a lot of ways. It reminded me of Plastic Beach a lot of ways, but it was do it, it this album was doing stuff that like in some cases they haven't even really done since Plastic Beach. Like I forget which tr- I, is it? I, I think is it Desilade? There's a there's a, a track or two here that heavily messes with dub.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I was
1: thinking to myself, this is the—that's the first time in a long time I've heard some dub on a Gorillaz track.
0: Yeah, seriously. Um, and you know, another thing I like about is that I don't know who most of these artists are, which is a common thing with Gorillaz for me. But then the dude's got some legends on here—not only Tony Allen, but. We have fucking Peter Hook from goddamn Joy Division and New Order on here. We have Robert Smith from The Fucking Cure. We've got a a modern legend, Beck, obviously. Um, Elton fucking John is on here. Um, And so I went and I listened to uh, a lot of these artists uh, on their own earlier this morning because I'm like you know I want to know what these guys are are more about and I think there's a few that I like but I think one of the only ones that I think I'm going to follow is probably Slaves from Momentary Bliss like those fucking guys rock
1: yeah like you know, I didn't I didn't know that like the joy that was the Joy Division dude. I forgot about that somehow. Is he is he also one of the Joy Division dudes who formed New Order?
0: Yeah, yeah, he's their uh, okay, the bass player, and you can tell was, that's him playing bass on the track too, which uh, which I enjoy.
1: Because <clears throat> I, I when I, when it got to what was that Aries? Yeah, I was like, wow, it's been a long time since Damon Albarn did something this like. Rock.
0: Yeah, you no. Know? That's the same vibe that I had with Momentary Bliss when I first heard it. I was like, "Damn, dude, this is the first time I've heard a guitar in a Gorillaz song in ages." At least, if <laughs> at least the guitar that I can tell it's a guitar.
1: Yeah, it's like, yeah, pretty much. Like most of the collabs turned out pretty well. Yeah, there's. A, I would, I think there's a couple I don't love, but like
0: there's a couple what, I can't stand.
1: Like the the, and I I mentioned this yesterday. I like Chalk Tablet Towers, but like the slight complaint there is, I'm a huge Saint Vincent fan. Saint Vincent is a r- amazing guitarist. You know? Yeah. I don't know why, you know? I get that, like, crazy guitar solos don't fit in Gorilla's tracks, but she's never really been a crazy guitar solo person anyway. You know, just a little bit of weird noise, and that would have been all right, you know?
0: Yeah, it's weird because it's like uh some artists, they're, it's like they're utilizing their talents, but then other artists, it's like, why are you even there? Um for instance on Aries, you know, it says featuring Peter Hook and Georgia. I went and looked at some Georgia music and she's decent. Her she's got two albums. The first one was in 2015 and it sounds like 2015 music. There's like some post dubstepy kind of stuff on there and she sings. Oh. She's got a decent voice. And she released one this year that sounds very fucking 2020 because I think too many artists are jumping on the let's sound like the 80s bandwagon and to me that was cool just a couple years ago. But now I'm I'm that getting a little that bandwagon's
1: been going for so long. Yeah,
0: like in the underground with like the 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 new synthwave guys and shit. I dig it, but now I'm kind of getting everything's trying to sound like the fucking Stranger Things theme song, <laughs> and it's getting a little annoying.
1: Yeah, that stuff's that stuff's been going on. I've been hearing it since like 2013, like mainstream dudes have been doing it since around the time that uh, Carly Rae Jepsen put out Emotion.
0: Yeah, I haven't even... I've only heard her, uh... her little, uh... Call Me Maybe song.
1: Well, uh, well that's the... That and her her
0: decent cover of the, uh... (laughs) Full House theme.
1: (laughs) that's, That's the thing about... Like, I'm not a Carly Rae Jepsen fan. Like, but, like, she's been bizarrely influential and, like, a lot of music nerds, like, love her stuff, but whenever you, you try to explain that to people, they're like, the Call Me Maybe
0: girl? <laughs> right. Um, so, but anyway, the Georgia girl is just, why are you even here? Um, because you don't hear a female on the track. It turns out all she did was drums and percussion, and I'm like, well, uh, I mean... I hear drum programming. <laughs> What's sh-
1: like, there were a couple times on this album where I, I saw the Gorillas featuring an artist and I couldn't figure out where they were there. And I thought, I was thinking to myself, almost 20 years ago, you guys had Tina Weymouth on your album and didn't feature her. <laughs> like... To the extent that, like, until we did that Gorillaz podcast, I had no idea that Tina Weymouth was even on that first Gorillaz album.
0: Yeah, so it just, it boggles my mind. It's like, you know, why why even have the person on here if you're not going to necessarily use their talents? It's like, oh, she showed up at the studio one day, oh, you want to you wanna push a couple buttons on, uh, on my synth here? <laughs> I think the, you know, the there's a couple of songs I, I
1: wasn't as big into. Uh, the only part in this album I was ever, like, really, really annoyed is that, that whiny R&B dude doing his thing before Elton John comes on on the Pink Phantom.
0: <sighs> yeah, um, let's do a track-by-track. Sure, and we'll fucking get to that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: Jesus, fuck. So we start off with "Strange Times" featuring Robert, Robert Smith. Z. Yeah, with 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 a fucking Z, and it's featuring uh, Robert Smith, which is cool. Uh, Robert Smith is I got I got a ton of Cure albums, and I'm like, I'm like, I like some of the, you know, I'm not like loving every album all the way through, uh, I mean, but I like songs off of all the albums, but, uh, yeah, I I dig it, it's a cool little start, um, and, yeah, I, I really liked it too, I like the music on it, you know, uh, and the video is really cool, um, uh, that's another thing I do like about this project is like they're they're giving us little music videos for most of the songs, and uh, it, it's weird seeing uh, Robert Smith as a moon.
1: <laughs> yeah, well I like the you know the key the sort of keyboard loops are yeah. really cool on this track. The like crazy piano that introduces the song I, I dig that you know Robert Smith. I know '80s Cure. I don't know where the cure went after the eighties, you know? Yeah. So I have no idea what he's up to aside from the fact that he's
0: still they are he and Morrissey are still feuding. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, would you say that Robert Smith is the inventor of that go to goth singing style that uh he's-
1: He's got to be one of the inventors.
0: Yeah, because I mean, easily you could say him or Morrissey, because everyone he's
1: definitely he's definitely the one who made it popular.
0: Yeah, because like everyone tries to go for that vocal style when they or do goth music.
1: Morrissey, I always thought it was a little, you know, Morrissey has a little bit of a different touch because Morrissey Morrissey is more like a crooner.
0: Yeah, like I like Morrissey's voice depression. more. I do like Morrissey's voice more. Um, that, that you know, like with that newest uh, AFI album a couple years ago, I was, and and even the uh, the Dream Car album with uh, Davey Havoc on there. Um, is that his name, Davey Havoc? Anyway, I think so. And uh, it's like I'm like, damn, he is really upping his Morrissey game on here.
1: And it's like it's like, oh man, why did, why couldn't do this on the AFI, those old AFI albums as opposed to the, <laughs> get <off>
0: my <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I totally dig Strange Times, really good track. Uh, yeah, I, it's a
1: really good opening track,
0: yeah. you know? Well, funny, funny enough is a lot of the, the songs that were released more recent are at the beginning of the album, whereas like, The first two tracks that were released are at the very end.
1: Yeah, I thought I kind of liked that. Yeah.
0: Because Momentary Bliss, spoilers, number one favorite song on the whole album. So I'm cool with it being at the end. So, like, well, at least on disc one, it ends and it's like, boom, we're fucking ending on a badass little uh, punk jam.
1: Yeah. So, track two.
0: Valley of the Pagan's with this Beck. This
1: is the one that has back, and like I was saying to you yesterday, this is the best back I have heard in a re- like since the late 2000s.
0: Like, I fucking love this track. Uh, Beck is really fun. The music's really fun, and the sad thing is, is like I don't know much Beck after Modern Guilt, so I don't know how. Sort of bad. He he winds up getting. Um, and got, I know a lot of people are saying that you know his stuff is a bit subpar uh, on some of this newer shit, but
1: well, he did Morning Phase, and Morning Phase was his his um that was his the sea change sequel sea change two, and that people unex- loved it. That unexpectedly won a Grammy.
0: Yeah, that's when, uh... Goddamn... Beyonce had the best damn album of the year!
1: Yeah... Well, you could tell, like, even Beck was like, why did you give me a Grammy? Yeah... <laughs> Cause, like... Like, yeah... I'm glad Beck got a Grammy, but, like... Beyonce probably... Probably had the better album that year. Ooh! <laughs> I mean, I don't hate Morning Phase, but it is literally just sea change, too, not quite as good. You know?
0: Yeah.
2: So I don't and know. then
1: Co- Colors was kind of... Colors is kind of like... That's an that's an interesting album. I, I like it on paper, but I haven't ever really made up my mind about it. You know, it's kind of like... It's half of it's trying to get back to, like, the Delay. Gaiero information, Mid- midnight vultures. So,
0: crazy. I think too. It's it's you know with Overlay, man. It's the fucking Dust Brothers, man.
1: It really is. And, it really is. And didn't
0: they come back for the information?
1: I believe they came back for Gaiero I think the information was with just back in Nigel Goodrich.
0: And uh, and I don't know. I don't know who produced Midnight Vultures, but that one's fucking fantastic too. Um, I think
1: he might have he might have self produced that with another collaborator but
0: uh this is a great and you, know, you know i never thought Beck would be on a gorilla song.
1: It's a really obvious like connection to make like it was it was like when I was buying all the all the m i a albums last summer I was like this has a really similar vibe to gorillas. I wondered why they've never collaborated, and then I looked at into it and I saw that M.I.A. is best friends with Damon's ex, and I was like, "Yeah, oh. that
0: tripped me out." Basically, <laughs> M.I.A. probably wouldn't be a recording artist if it wasn't for the Elastica chick.
1: Yeah, Justine uh, Frischman, I think is. Yeah,
0: which actually, funny enough, I finally got that second and last Elastica album this year. That's just good as fuck.
1: Yeah, I'll have to check that
0: out. They got a really good cover of that Da 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 song at the end. i like, huh. all right.
1: Okay, so, so we both like the back track. And then there's the Lost Chord featuring Lee John, and I don't know who that is. Yeah,
0: I don't know who a Lee John is either, but I like the song. Like, to me, things are good at this point. Um... Apparently, he had three UK top ten hits in the 80s. Um, oh. Hey. But no clue who this guy is. But the song is good. It's a, it's a little slower.
1: Like I said, it was reminded, It reminds me of the deep cuts on Plastic Beach. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I like, we, you know, we were both saying that Damon Albarn is a little more front and center this time around.
0: Yeah, there's a lot more Damon Albarn. Uh, If if anybody can compare this to Humans by saying there's too many collabs, well, at least Damon Albarn is a heavy presence as well, kind of like he was on Plastic Beach, because that had a ton of collabs as well, but at least there's a lot more 2D on it, because there's, there's whole sequences of tracks on Humans where, like, Damon Alhawarn is not heard.
1: Yeah, and if you hear him, he comes in, like...
0: At the end or something, or just... Or
1: in the middle, and he'd, like, deliver... He's doing his, like, I'm gonna hide behind a vocal effect
0: and be really low in the mix... Yeah. ...thing. Uh, Like, this feels more like his heart's in it, more than it felt like it was with humans.
1: Yeah. And the Pac Man. This has
0: Schoolboy Q. I keep what? wanting, I keep wanting to say Schoolie D. That would be something, wouldn't it? That would be something. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know who Schoolboy Q is, but I think his performance on this song is great.
1: Yeah, I really I really like his stuff, what he's saying here. And I don't know like you said, I don't know who my I don't really have a that good of an idea who this guy is. Um, other than like I remember he was a relatively hot act maybe five years ago. I don't really think he's I don't know that he's gone really gone anywhere since. Huh. But Because I remember hearing that name a lot from my friends who were into the the hip hip hip-hop scene. And then it was one of the things where he just kind of dropped off the face of the earth and I never heard anything else. But he does a really good job on
0: here. Yeah, his uh, his fucking flow on here reminds me of earlier Gorilla Tracks to feature a hip-hop artist. Uh, even maybe in the in the demon days kind of vibe, like uh, he's one that I'm like I'm gonna probably have to. I didn't check out any of his stuff. Him and Lee John, I didn't go and listen to <clears throat> before this po- this little podcast. But he's one that I'm like I might have to check out some of his stuff um, because I was I'm interested in the way he sounds. But Pac Man is another fucking banger for me. I really fucking dig Pac Man.
1: Yeah, I really liked that too. Uh, there, I, that was something I was noticing is that there's a lot more of a almost like nostalgia for earlier Gorillaz albums. Yeah, that they're tapping into on this album. Like it, it feels like they're they were deliberately trying to be a little closer to, I guess, classic Gorillaz than the more recent stuff, although it still, you know, it feels weird that you can call those early albums classic now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, I can, so right now I can say, the first two are classics, because the first one, impeccable debut album, and the second one, like I mentioned on the, uh, the Fleet Foxes podcast, completely perfect and flawless sophomore album. Yeah, Whereas The third one, the third one of the trilogy, is always the slight disappointment.
1: Yeah, and it's like it has it has a lot of great tracks, and there's a lot of there's a lot of. I'll put it this way: I understand why it is why it's some people's favorite. You know, because we'll get we'll get to the that in the in when we do the wrap up closing thoughts on the album. True, true. But yeah, Chalk Tablet Towers, this one, like I said, the feature is a little, it's, you know, it's like, it's kind of like Lady Gaga getting Elton John and then just auto-tuning
0: him so he sounds like every other dude. Yeah, um, and sadly, I don't know much Saint Vincent at all. And she's somebody I need to check out. Uh but as someone who is not familiar with her stuff, this song is not convincing me. Um she, like she doesn't even get a lyric, does she? It's just kinda just no, oh oh she's backing shit. vocals. Man she's,
1: she's just doing backing vocals. Just What a waste. And it's like it's like, damn, this is like I said, she could've done some guitar stuff. They could have given her a little bit of to sing, but like
0: And it's the first song on this album where I'm kinda not all the way into it. Yeah,
1: I get that. Like But like on me I I'm I'm enjoying the vibe, like I like it.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, like I like the synthy stuff, it reminds me of, again, it reminds me a lot of, like, Plastic Beach, but it also reminds me of the stuff I liked on Humans.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not a bad oh. song, but it's the first time I'm kind of seeing seeing some cracks in the, uh, the window, for me at least, because I'm like, number one, I'm like, you wasted somebody who's apparently really good, and... To me, it's just kind of an average kind of track. Like, there's nothing that really uh, gives me any kind of wow factor.
1: Yeah, I get that.
0: And speaking of cracks... (laughs)
1: Uh, The Pink Phantom.
0: The Pink Phantom would be pretty good. Yeah, it would. If not for whoever the fuck a six-lack is. Six-lack. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, this guy ruins Elton John. I, I, I mean, I, I don't like the auto-tune, singing, hip-hop shit. I I cannot fucking stand it. Uh, I like it
1: if it's coming from somebody who knows what they're doing. And this doesn't sound like that.
0: It is not fucking good. Uh, No. It is one of the worst performances on this album. And sadly, on a track that has a fucking legend on it, who is kind of just doing who isn't really even doing anything amazing um, I mean I I question uh I'm sure I'm sure that's probably Elton John playing the piano bit
2: Yeah like I'm it sure better
0: it is. be you know because I know Albarn plays piano but if you're going to have Elton John you better let the man sing and play fucking piano I don't give a shit if you got Beethoven in the fucking room you know <laughs> Let Elton John fucking play the goddamn piano. So I
1: don't think Albarn's that good.
0: Yeah, he's Uh, not. He's not great. I mean, he he's just good enough, you know. He can make it do what he wants it to do. And he can do
1: he can do chords enough to write some keyboard pop. Yeah. You know.
0: But But I don't think I don't think he can do that kind of intro stuff. And Elton John's voice. Not bad. I mean, it's just old Elton John. It's cool that people uh, still respect the dude enough to put him on shit. Uh, and it's cool that this year we got two Elton John collabs with two artists we really like. One, One's kind of lame, and one could be good, but they fuck it up.
1: Yeah, and it's like... the. I, I was when I the, when the first time I listened to this album I was a little annoyed by Six Lack. Uh, I can the, really. the second time yesterday I was really annoyed. <laughs> like I was like the thing about that like that because I don't even know if it's hip hop because I don't know anything about Six Lack. I th- or I love that we're just calling him Six Lack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I don't know how you say his name, but. Yeah, that, more that style, like that style of whiny R and B that came around last decade of you know, where it's it's male male R and B dudes with with really high and whiny voices and like Frank Ocean started that stuff but like I actually dig some Frank Ocean so you know
0: I just but hate like, it oh god.
1: I think I think the auto tune is, is what really Matt, ruins it for me because it's like I think I could probably tolerate it if it was just vocals, but like something about that something about the auto tuned whiny R and B is it's just, just the worst. Yeah, it's like like there's a it's like we've said multiple times there's a good way and a bad way to use auto tune and I'm I can tolerate some auto tune if I think. It's being used well, and I
0: don't think it was being used well here. Yeah, like take for instance um, the song, I think, with Pop Can or whoever the fuck on Humans. Um, yeah. There's a bit of auto-tune on his voice, but I think it works. It fits this sort of dubbiness of that track, um, that all my life, whatever the fuck, yeah. totally works for me. But when it's done like this, one one example, I don't know the guy's name, but Zach, uh, uh, his girlfriend Melissa, she's got a cousin or something, somebody she's related to, uh, some fucking white boy doing that awful auto-tune R&B <laughs> shit, and it is horrible. And the song is like, Talk to me, baby, talk, talk to me, baby the baby dog, dog baby. I fucking hate it so fucking much. I can't stand it. It is some of the worst shit. And and, and, and I'm not talking about him. Uh, I mean it, he, he sucks, but just that style of, of doing shit alone annoys me so fucking much. and to do it, on a track with a goddamn legend who, I'm not wow. here, I'm not here to listen to Six Lack. I'm here to fucking hear Elton John, motherfucker. And you're going to throw <laughs> this dude on there? Why? Like, it's almost like, uh, oh, we got Elton John here, but we need somebody that the kids will like. You know what I mean? Like, Elton John is old news.
1: Well, I will, I will say this, like, that is interesting about this album. This is the first Gorillas album in a long time. Where it felt like Damon Albarn didn't really care about that.
0: <laughs> like, like, yeah, let's just throw some people together.
1: Like this this the the the, the collabs on this album feel more like people Damon Albarn likes <laughs> than just like, like we talked about this when we did the retro, but one of the Biggest problems with humans was that Damon Albarn it felt like it felt very much like Damon Albarn was trying to be down with the kids. He like he was trying to you know, I think there was a news article and we 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 spent like five minutes laughing at this, uh, that said he was some of it was him trying to impress his teenage daughter. Yeah. Um uh, <clears throat> But, like, humans very much felt like that, and it felt like he was doing that, and it was like he didn't quite know what he was doing at times. I don't get that vibe from this.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, a lot of times it feels like he's working on a track, and then somebody just happened to walk by the studio. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you're a cool guy. Uh, you want to be on this? <clears throat> But yeah, I get the vibe of life, especially with Momentary Bliss. I, I can believe that Damon Albarn rocks some slaves.
1: Yeah, like... And I mean, you like, you know... Moving on to the next track, which is "Aries," you know Damon Albarn can, can get down to some new order.
0: Yeah, but Pink Phantom probably... The worst track on the entire uh, thing. Probably, for me. yeah. Um, I would. I
1: can agree with that. Ju-
0: one that, even though Elton John and the music is fine, I cannot listen to this song. It is a definite skipper. <clears throat> it is. It is. It is bad to me. I just that fucking guy ruins the entire song.
1: And it's not like, it wasn't like, it's not like the strongest song to begin with, but like, yeah. I get it. You, you don't, you know, Elton John is not, you know, we're not, we're not looking at the Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Elton John or, or All the Young Girls Love Alice Elton John anymore, you know. Yeah. It's, you, you get Elton John in 2020, you're looking for the the... Like a candle
0: in the wind, Elton John. <laughs> it's like, Can you feel the love tonight?
1: Exactly. Like you're you're going for.
0: You're not getting you're Crocodile going Rock. For that you're,
1: Elton John.
0: You're getting Lion King. You're not getting Crocodile Rock. Yeah. <laughs> oh Which uh, speaking of Elton John, though, uh, have you seen the movie Rocket Man? I have not. Fucking phenomenal. Oh my god. Probably the best music biopic I've ever seen in my life. Like,
1: I'll, I'll have to watch that, because, you know, the the that awful Queen biopic that came out around the same time kind of turned me off, you know? You know what's funny is, I
0: still haven't seen the Queen one, but when it came out, people were praising it. But then, like, barely a month later, everyone just hates it. So I'm like, what's up with this fucking movie? I still haven't seen it, but... Uh, it was-
1: it was just a really samey rock biopic. It uh, just Bob does all is, the tropes. Does all the tropes. And they even, like, they had the audacity to have a scene where the band are trying to sell Bohemian Rhapsody to the, to the, the studio executives and they're like, <laughs> uh, Queen, this is highly improper. We cannot put out a song that's five minutes long. And it's like, dude, this was 1970... What was it? 1976 people were putting out like 6 and 7 minute singles for like the last 4 years <laughs> like
0: <laughs> like it is a funny little scene though that but they show the whole thing in the trailer
1: yeah that's i hate when movies do that now
0: yeah but bro uh fucking rocket man no other biopic is like Rocket Man. Rocket Man is how I think all biopics should be, where this movie is larger than life for a motherfucker that was larger than life. It is it is phenomenal. I enjoyed every fucking minute of it. Like it's half musical, but fantasy, it's like it is it is a fucking great ass movie. <laughs>
1: yeah i'll have i'll I'll definitely have to see it
0: yeah i fucking loved every minute of it i was like thank you fuck um so yeah
1: so now we have aries featuring as we said earlier peter hook and
0: georgia and georgia um (coughs) whoever
1: georgia is
0: (laughs) yeah i you know it's another one it's like oh who's georgia um and yeah, I can't get into her stuff. I listened to her, um, you know, about an hour ago, and was like, eh. But yeah, they. Why is she even here? She's really doing nothing. Uh, but Peter Hook is jamming on the bass. Uh, the song I really like. It's very, uh, very 80s, but 80s in a plastic beach kind of sense.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah like definitely. Like, it's, it's definitely, like, this could easily, like, if you, if you, like, told me that this was supposed to be, like, a sequel album to Plastic Beach, like,
0: it could fit. And what's funny is it almost does, like, even the whole project has a Plastic Beach feel to it, where it's much more involved As opposed to uh, the albums in between these two where Plastic Beach was supposed to be this big story and, you know, almost a movie and stuff and that they're kind of doing that here where, but they're using YouTube and uh, it almost feels like they're sort of accomplishing what they wanted to accomplish with Plastic Beach but kind of didn't.
1: Yeah, like I, I kind of get that vibe too. But again, more in the more in the closing thoughts. But yeah, I really liked Aries. I thought it was one of the best tracks on the album. I like I said, I like that you know. This is the most rock thing I've heard Damon Albarn do in a really long time, and especially to go back to like '80s post punkiness, which Blur always Blur always had a little bit of. Yeah. You know, there was always a little bit of that in Blur, especially, like, some of the deep cuts on those earlier Blur albums. Like, there's some stuff on Park Life where you're like, oh, yeah, these dudes love the Smiths and Joy Division and, like, New Order. Yeah, Susie and the
0: (laughs) Oh, But, yeah, really enjoyed it. And so then we get to Friday the 13th.
1: Probably, I, do not, I do not remember this track.
0: It is probably my second least favorite. Um, it's another one where this Octavian guy. Oh, more, I,
1: I, I remember this one now. A little too yeah. much
0: auto-tune. Not as bad. Not as bad as Six Lack. But the auto-tune is just distracting me from everything else. Uh, but... That's sadly the only thing I... I, So far, I've listened to this album all the way through twice, and I I had just turned it off right before uh, we started this. And it's... Because this... I don't remember nothing but that guy not being very good.
1: See, I don't even remember that guy. That's the thing. Until I put it on again, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is the other one that has the sweet dub instrumental.
0: Yeah, and it's like... Damn! yeah, he does.
1: The the Octavian dude, who I have no no idea who Octavian is, he doesn't bother me that much on
0: here. Yeah, he doesn't bother me like Six Lag did, but it's another one where it's like, yeah, there's some auto tune here. It's distracting me a little bit, but music wise, there's some decent stuff, but it's, again, probably one of my my second least favorite tracks.
1: Like, to me, it's like, I can take that auto-tune because it's not overdone, and it's like, it's just that style of hip-hop that, like, was super, super popular throughout the second half of the 2010s, I think, is kind of starting to go away now.
0: I hope so. (laughs) Um...
1: And it's just it's just a trope of the genre, and it's like he doesn't do anything I hate, so I can accept it. But I don't really remember him that
0: much. Yeah, like, I I agree with that. Because I mean, it's like that's I'm here. That's all I'm hearing is the auto tune. I'm not really hearing his performance, and uh, that annoys me a little bit. Because it's like, damn, you know, you're with you disguising your voice a little bit like this, I'm not actually hearing you, um, but, I mean, there's motherfuckers that use vocal filters all the time on shit, and it adds a cool factor, you know?
1: Yeah, it's like, you get something like, uh, the second Vampire Weekend album, where, I don't know if they're using auto tune, but he's using vocal filters all over that album. Mm. Um, but yeah, and then you get and this trip this kind of tripped me out when I heard it, uh, "Dead Butterflies," which features the comeback of one of the dudes from White Flag on Plastic Beach, I think.
0: Kano. Yes. <laughs> Kano. <laughs> Um. <laughs> really though, is he? Uh, I
1: think so. Let me look it up because I I want to say he was one of the dudes on White Flag because and I remember that because I don't I didn't like what the rapping on White Flag very much. Let me look at the track listing. I think, it's, I think it's the same yeah, guy. Yeah, it
0: is. It is the same guy. Okay. And I gotta
1: say, he is a lot better here than he is on Plastic Beach.
0: <laughs> oh, shit. So that's like the first time we get a um, double collab that's not De La Soul.
1: Or Snoop Dogg.
0: Yeah, or Snoop Dogg, who wasted like a motherfucker on the first collab
1: redeemed himself a little bit. Uh, yeah,
0: the now-now. <laughs> but I like Dead Butterflies, though. I like that one a lot. Yeah, I do, too. Is that the one that starts with the jazzy piano? I think so. Yeah, that's a pretty good track.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: Um, yeah, it is. And the Kano Dude, I like fine on there. Um, and Roxanne, Arias. Um, I think she's just doing that background vocal shit, which is fine. Um, but yeah, decent ass little track. Then we get to "Désolé" extended version featuring Fatum Fatumata Diawara. <sighs> I hate reading Apo- things that's apologies not English. To all the
1: people's, apologies to everybody whose names we have butchered in this podcast. <laughs> Please contribute to our charity for those with names butchered by people from Alabama.
0: My name isn't Kano, it's Kana.
1: <laughs> My name
0: is not Beck, it's Beak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. My name isn't Schoolboy Q, it's Shool by, all right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. Desolate is a, is another favorite. Uh, very islandy, very very dubby kind of. I like the horns that kind of come in. Um, Could
1: almost fit in on the first Gorillaz album.
0: Yeah, Desolate is a, is pretty pretty close to that older gorilla style or definitely
1: demon days at least yeah
0: seriously definitely
1: um, demon days
0: i really fucking dig it um and, and i had book. to. apparently désolé is french for sorry i had to look that up
1: oh the more you know yeah <laughs> And I, you know, I think and I'm, I'm not even gonna I'm glad you did the honors I'm not even gonna attempt Well, actually, maybe I will um, I think uh, Fado Oma Fado Mata Diawara does a really good job with the backing vocals here Now, let's see who she is uh, yeah, she's like she, a- Okay, she's a Malian actress and singer-songwriter okay well Damon Albarn did do like a he did if I remember correctly he did it's one of his more obscure things he did like supervise like a compilation of Malian music he did in the 90s or the super super early 2000s and it was like one of the first things he did away from Blur if I remember correctly but yeah, I I really highly enjoyed Desole. It was one of the best things on the album.
0: Yeah, definitely. And so we get to my favorite track, Momentary Bliss, featuring. Uh, how do you say that
1: guy's name? I don't know. I'm gonna guess. Uh Slothie. Slothi. Unless unless it's pronounced in some other way and I just totally butchered it. No man, my name is a- a- Slothai, it's
0: Lofty. It could hey man, it could be. <laughs> and uh also featuring slaves. Who i if, if you're going to check out Slaves on YouTube, apparently there's two bands called Slaves. Huh. And one of the first one I clicked on was a song called Cursed, and it was some straight up garbage. It huh. has a generic fucking rock sound, but then goes into that white boy, whiny kind of (sighs) hip-hoppy fucking garbage. It sounds very much like that newest uh, Linkin Park shit that dropped before he died. Oh, God. And I was like, that's these fucking guys? (laughs) This is fucking garbage. And then I, I, I looked again, and I saw the channel of the actual band, play a couple of their songs, and I'm like, okay, th- this is who I was looking for.
1: <laughs>
0: it's always annoying when
1: there's artists like that, like especially back in the day yeah. when like major label record companies would force fans to be like renamed. Like, the, the example I always jump to is that the Britpop band Suede, uh, In America, you generally won't find suede albums as suede. You'll find them as the London suede. Uh Because some shitty lounge singer in the 80s called themselves suede. Yeah, wow. And the the American record company was apparently like, no, 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 we got to honor the lounge singer. But yeah, right. I really I really liked Momentary Bliss too.
0: Every minute of it, like this is this is a fun fucking track. Uh, like this th- is
1: this is the closest gorillas have come to recapturing like the Demon
0: Days sound. So yeah, I would Momentary. I would even say that first album, man, like God, it it really hits on like especially with, like the track punk. From the first album, like... Yeah, it.
1: well, I was thinking, like, with the Demon Days, it's like how you have an opening bit that's, like, kind of yeah. chill and... Chill sedate. and synthy, and then... And then it goes into this crazy ska bit.
0: Yeah. Really cool-ass ska bit. And it's so fucking fun. Uh, I like the farty sense at the beginning. <laughs> um And, uh... Whoever the rapper guy is, he, he, he works on the track, and then when Slaves come in and they're singing the chorus, and then I like how 2-D comes in and he sings bits of it. Like, I don't know, it's one of the freshest-ass gorilla songs I've heard in ages. Yeah, slow is the rapper.
1: One of the uh, freshest-ass. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that... Uh... Both you know Desol and momentary bliss, and honestly'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw in uh, strange times and the backtrack too. Uh, that's like some of the strongest gorillas I've heard in old, it since Plastic Beach honestly. But yeah, c- cannot recommend this momentary <clears throat> bliss highly
0: enough. Yeah, the shit the shit is fucking fun and made me be like, I need to check out Slaves. And then I found some garbage, but then I found <laughs> some good Slaves.
1: And then you found some actually somewhat decent stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that ends the album proper, but then we've got six more tracks uh, that to me, if you're going to get it, get the deluxe, you're missing out on tons of fucking shit. Um, you're is m- there even a standard edition of this album? Uh, there is. It's got a uh, blue cover. I think uh, the ones we have is pink. See, I didn't, e- I didn't even see,
1: I think I said this to you the other day, I didn't even see the standard edition when I was ordering this. But it's just as well.
0: Yeah, because I mean, if it's, if it's a deluxe edition with one extra track, yeah, I'm like, it's like, I'll still get it for the extra track, but I understand other people, two, three extra dollars for maybe some cooler packaging and one extra song, you know, you're not missing out on much. But, this is six fucking songs, this is half a fucking album of material uh, on disc two. And to me, if you're not getting the deluxe version, you're missing out on what a, a, a maybe Six half tracks. Yeah, you're missing out on the full uh, uh, experience. Kind of like kind of like with fucking humans, where it's like it's a bloated ass mess, but. Get the fucking deluxe one. I mean, I mean, e- even so, there's like what ten more tracks if you get the deluxe fucking vinyl version. Ten extra oh tracks god. that I haven't even heard. You know? Oh god, yeah. But I ain't dropping no two hundred dollars. No, I am on some fucking vinyl.
1: Well, it's not even vinyl. It's that it's humans. <laughs> I don't like humans enough to drop two hundred dollars on it, <laughs> even if I had that mo- sort of money to throw at vinyl. Right. Like. <laughs> oh. So what did you
0: think of the bonus tracks? I I actually like every minute of uh, the second disc. <clears throat> the yeah, second. Uh, I I mostly like them too. Um, there's almost some more different sounding stuff on here. Like, Opium is featuring Earth Gang. is very much like a house track. Um, I really dig it. Uh, Simplicity with Joan as Police Woman. I went and checked her out and she's got some pretty good ass shit too and I dig I dig simplicity and seven I dig. Uh, yeah, go ahead.
1: I dig oh I tell you know the first minute of opium. I really like because it was reminding me of uh oh god what is the what is that song on uh I think it's uh Faust on G-Sides Yeah Like the the opening minute or so Of Opium was reminding me of that
0: But it it is a little too long
1: It is a little too long
0: It's almost seven fucking minutes
1: Definitely I just wonder if that's why it didn't make the main album
0: (laughs) And uh Yeah so what do you think about Simplicity I liked that too Yeah, it's really short. Doesn't overstay its welcome.
1: And it has that, like, kind of, like, mildly exotic classical vibe. Yeah. That Damon Albarn likes to go for. Yeah. And that Severed Head, I didn't like as much, but it was still good.
0: Yeah, I like Severed Head uh, mostly for the music. The music is really cool and I went and checked out Unknown Mortal Orchestra and they're decent. I, I dig them, okay. But, with Love to an Ex, I really dig. I went and checked out this Moonchild sonelli girl, and I'm fucking all about it. <laughs> I'm like, this chick is cool as hell.
1: Yeah, that I really liked that track too, and then Um, MLS, I was almost like You know, uh, that Because that You know, I was almost like I would have thought that would have been on the main album Because JPEG Mafia is relatively big right now
0: Really? I've never heard of him
1: I mean, like, he's not, like Selling massive numbers of records But, like, he's a Semi-underground hip-hop dude Who's making some waves at the moment
0: huh but i dig that song too um but i'm gonna say with with love to an x and mls like they really doubled down on the n-word this time around (laughs) because they like the first time i ever remember hearing it in a gorillas track was on humans and i was like whoa
1: well, like like we we both said, like I never thought I would turn on a Gorilla's album and hear, was that well who was that?
0: God, I don't even was remember it, that dude's name, man. Was it
1: Vince Staples?
0: That shake that ass. I never thought I would
1: turn on a Gorilla's album and hear "Police Everywhere" like an N word kill a white man. Yeah,
0: seriously, it's like,
1: and it fit, but it, it fit with humans, but like it was still like. Whoa.
0: <laughs> given, like, given recent events, Humans has some pretty ahead-of-its-time shit. Yeah, it does.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does. Like, I, I remember talking to somebody about that, and a friend of mine was like, you know, Damon Albarn gets written... Like, snob dudes have always sort of written out off Damon Albarn as because Damon Albarn likes... David Albarn really likes uh Kitsch. And he likes Kitsch so much that it can be hard to tell when he's wants you to take him seriously and when he doesn't. And I think that annoys like snob dudes and critic types mm. who like who like like a radio head where you know, you know, At least they think Tom York takes himself super seriously. Who knows whether he actually does or not? Yeah. But like, it's still like you have to you have to think like Damon Albarn had the had the presence of mind to 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 be like, yeah, Donald Trump could definitely win the election when nobody else did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cause like, wasn't that like his instructions to the to the performers, like perform this as though Trumps won the election?
0: <laughs> yeah, and then they bleep out any reference of Trump, which <clears throat> is is a good thing and and sort of a bad thing.
1: Yeah, like I get that. I get why they did it. it makes like,
0: the album timeless, you know where. It's not the Trump album, but at the same time, it's like, uh, you know, well.
1: You definitely could have
0: left this in, and it would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, MLS is really good. And then How Far, featuring the late Tony Allen and Skepta, uh, is really good, too. I like that one a lot.
1: Yeah, Tony Allen, like you said, legend, amazing drummer, and I'm really glad, like, obviously, like, Tony Allen's on a, a ton of legendary stuff, like, he's, I believe he did a bunch of stuff with, uh, God, I always forget how to say his name, uh, Fila Kuti, mm-hmm. back in the 70s, you know, and he's huge, was a huge figure in that whole Afrobeat scene, you know, I was going to say, thankfully, like, they actually got him to do some drumming on that second Good, the Bad, and the Queen album. Yeah. Because that's like, in hindsight, like, that's the one big complaint I have about the first, the Good, the Bad, and the Queen, is like, there's n- hardly any percussion on that whole album. And it's But it's, it's weird, because it's a complaint I didn't know I had until I heard the second album.
0: Yeah, like, <clears throat> that second good, the bad, and the Queen, I mean, there's stuff I absolutely love on the first one, but the second one I almost like a little more.
1: Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it, too. But yeah, no, uh, this track with Tony Allen, let me pull it up again, How Far, How Far is great.
0: Yeah. And I like that they leave it at the very end, because they even said that they probably wouldn't even release the song um, on this version. And I'm like, I'm glad they did, because it's like, you know, it's like probably the last song the dude really worked on.
1: Certainly with Damon Albarn, yeah. yeah. And Skepta is pretty good on here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not familiar with him. I know that's a name I've been hearing a lot. The The UK hip-hop scene has really blown up in the last year or two. Like, maybe not internationally, but like, from what I understand domestically, they, they, the hit, UK hip-hop scene is really going places, uh, which... Will be interesting to see how that affects the international hip hop scene, uh, moving forward.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to see some of those dudes crossover here because it would be a breath of fresh air for some of the garbage that's been hitting the hip hop, uh, mainstream hip hop over here for the last twenty years.
1: Like I think, I think the closest thing to UK hip hop that has really ever broken through in America is, I mean, first off, M.I.A. Yeah. And secondly, although calling him UK hip-hop is cheating since the man left the UK and hasn't really gone back that I can think of. uh, M.F. Doom. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that he was born over there.
0: Yeah, 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 fucking... Fucking love MF 2 but he hasn't released a proper album in like eleven years.
1: Seriously, like I've I have got to pick up that album one of these days. Yeah, like, I
0: got to get that one. I've I've only got uh, the first one, and I've got the Mad Villain, and I've got mm Food or MM Food.
1: Man. Uh, I did. MF Doom is one of those guys where I love MF Doom. I would probably never want to see MF Doom live because, like, it's a it is a toss up whether he will actually appear, yeah, or whether he'll send uh, I- impersonators. Like, I was watching some I was watching some Demon Days live footage, uh, where they brought up they supposedly brought on MF Doom, and I'm like, this is not MF Doom. This is this is. I would not see he call him Doombots. <laughs> this
0: is this is
1: one of his impersonator dudes.
0: That's all right. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. So, I mean, it's am-
1: it's amazing, and I I have a lot of respect for MF Doom, be like being so committed to being eccentric. Yeah. Like, but it's like it's it's kind of like Lauren Hill or or Morrissey, where it's like. You're, you you buy the tickets. You're playing roulette as to whether they're even going to show up or not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but so I like the fact that you know it's Song Machine season one. So hopefully I, I'm kind of cool with Gorillas continuing on this way. Uh, yeah. Because it there's a little more spontaneity. It feels like to the music as opposed to, we got to get in the studio, we have X amount of weeks to do X amount of songs, let's do it. I kind of like this where it's like more free-flowing studio hangout time, we'll do whatever happens and fucking put it out, like I'm totally cool with that.
1: And the the thing, too, is that, like, gorillas, gorillas, it feels like gorillas over the last decade have kind of struggled to balance the, the music side of things with the, we're a virtual band, y'all, say hi to Murdoch, 2D, Noodles, and Russell side of the band, like, in the plastic beach era, they kind of they kind of went too far into. This is all about the characters and the lore and whatnot, and then humans kind of went too far in the opposite direction.
2: <laughs>
1: like humans was all about the guest artists, and like there was hardly. Anything to do with the actual like gorillas characters?
0: Yeah, it's funny that the now now gave us a bigger shakeup in the lore than humans did.
1: Yeah, because turns out that Powerpuff Girls is canon within the gorillas universe.
0: Yeah, man. <laughs> and Ace is balding, man. <laughs> Yeah. Oh god. So, final thoughts on the Song Machine project.
1: I liked it a lot. Like I said, it's to me it is a major step above the last two Gorillas albums. I don't think I like it as much as Plastic Beach. Uh and I'll I'll tell you why uh Plastic Beach had and Demon Days very much also Plastic Beach had an epicness to it yeah and a sense of like this is something huge this is something this is something that matters that this one does not have and I to be fair I don't know whether it, it's just that gorillas were coming off of Demon Days like one of the incredibly popular good well, did well financially, you know, and they were still relatively jacked into the pop culture, whereas, you know, Gorillas in 2020 are, you know, yeah, The Damon Albarn throws in some, like, modern stuff, like, he kind of does the retro 80s thing here, and they throw in some big names who are popular now, but it's kind of, you know, it's it's kind of like I was gonna say something about that new fleet foxes yesterday that I forgot. You know, it's strangely unmoored from 2020. Like this almost could have come out any other year of the last five years. Or this could this could easily have been humans. Like this could easily we could have easily gotten this instead of humans. Like that's kinda how it feels to me, and it's 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 weird, but like I said, E's definitely my favorite out of, you know, out of the albums they have released after actually, not just the last two, last three because the, I don't, the fall is good, but like, this is better than the fall. Yeah, the fall forgettable as fuck. Yeah, like, I hate to say it, but it really is. So what are your final thoughts, Travis?
0: My final thoughts... Very, very similar to yours, um, <clears throat> probably my favorite since uh, Plastic Beach, because like I said before, uh, I love Plastic Beach, but it took me a long time to fucking love Plastic Beach, and uh, this is probably, the, at least for me, the best one, because there's a lot of shit on humans that I love, but, there's a lot of stuff on Humans where I'm like, I'm fucking over it. Um, The Now Now, I love The Now Now, but, uh, it's another one that, you know, I'm kind of forgetting, man, like, uh, fucking shit. <laughs> but, uh, Humans, I'll turn it on, and I'll be like, oh yeah, I remember this song, this shit's bad as fuck, and then, oh yeah, I remember this, this is bad as fuck. Oh. Uh, But this one, it feels more genuine to me. Like, it feels more like the heart's in it again. It feels more like, you know, not like, oh, man, I guess we need to get together and do a gorillas thing. This feels more like, hey, man, I got a cool-ass idea for some new gorillas shit. Let's see if it works. That's a really good way to put it. And to me, it, it worked pretty fucking well. Uh there's more spontaneity, the, the the more free-flowing, no time limit, no, no, it doesn't feel like there's a label over their head. It doesn't feel like there's a massive amount of hype behind any of it, because fucking humans hype like a motherfucker. Uh Plasty Beach hype like a motherfucker. And so this album it doesn't feel like It was trying to live up to anything. Uh, Whereas, you know, like... The now-now was an apology. Like, here, here, if you hated 2D... Not being on humans... Here's all the fucking 2D you need. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this just feels like... I got a cool-ass idea. Let's see if it works. And, you know, so there's... The only hype, the only real hype was oh shit, let's see what the next video is going to be. Let's see what the next collaboration is going to be. The way they would tease uh, the collabs on their Instagram and on the YouTube and stuff, and then they've got the little Gorilla Bites in between videos and stuff. Uh, It just feels a lot more genuine, and there's like a renewed creativity on this album. And, uh, like I said, there's, it doesn't feel like it, it needs to live up to anything. Like, it's not supposed to be better than Demon Days, or it's not supposed to be bigger than Plastic Beach. Uh, it just feels like a genuine-ass Gorillaz album. Like, it doesn't feel like an apology. Uh, it doesn't feel like the fall, where it's kind of like, oh, I, 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 I just bought an iPad, and I diddled around a little bit and said, hey, here's a Gorillaz album. Um, you know, it, it doesn't feel like it has anything uh, <clears throat> profound to say, like with humans. Humans were supposed to be, oh, man, this the fucking apocalypse. We're having a party for the fucking apocalypse. You know, this album doesn't feel like it has the need to say anything. This album is just supposed to be a fun fucking album. And to me, it achieved that. Uh, With the exception of uh, ruining Elton John, you know? (laughs) Or or ruining the song that Elton John is on. Because Elton John is still good on the song. uh, But I can't listen to the song because I know that fucking garbage is on it and but the rest of it is pretty fucking good shit well it's like you know this feels like
1: and this this occurred to me when you were talking about humans this is this is the first damon albarn project and i've heard other than that new good the bad and the queen or well new being two almost two years old uh This is like the first Damon Albarn project I've heard in a long time where he doesn't sound burned out. Yeah, exactly. Like he, like, and I, it it went, when you get to his solo album that he, his his one solo (laughs) album he dropped back in 2014 you'll definitely know what I'm talking about even more because he sounds really burned out on that one. Like, I like I was not super surprised. You know, like, once I heard that solo album, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, the last two Gorillaz albums make way more sense now. Like, both Humans and the Now Now have this vibe of, like, he's just burned out on Gorillaz, uh, but, like, he has to keep doing it, you know? Yeah. Especially since they did, they talked about Retiring gorillas during
0: the plastic beach era. Yeah, like Jamie was sick of drawing them, and you know I get it, I totally get it. But that's also with label pressure, interview pressure. Like this feels more like we're doing it on our terms. Yeah,
1: yeah, I really, I really like that.
0: Yeah, you get, you, you feel like there, there's more excitement. Uh, for them to get in there and and do some of these songs.
1: Yeah. So how do you rate this album?
0: It could be a 10. And, you know, know it's funny. I think I was throwing 10s around with humans. Humans has dropped down to like a 7 for me. Yeah, Uh, I agree with that. This would be a 10 if it wasn't for wasting St. Vincent, throwing that awful six lakh shit on there. Uh, I mean, because it renders a song completely unlistenable for me. And that, if anything, I can't. That's a feat that I think I've never had with any Gorillaz song. You know, like, I've never been like, this fucking sucks. And that's the first time I, I think I can be like, this song fucking sucks.
1: And See, I, I disagree because there's some stuff on, there's some stuff on humans where I kind of said that. See, I can totally get it. Oh, actually, no, that's, that's not even correct. That's not even correct. The Snoop Dogg intro on Plastic Beach
0: yeah, is, but, the, is the other time I've been like, this sucks. Yeah, and what's, what's sad is, like, for me, Snoop Dogg sucks so bad on that track, but the rest of it is so fucking good that I can, I can excuse Snoop Dogg's bullshit laziness. Um, <laughs> and But on here, it's like, the music isn't all that redeemable. Elton John is fine. But this guy brings the annoyance level way up. I'd rather hear <laughs> Snoop Dogg on a la- the laziest-ass day than fucking this guy any fucking time. You know, like, fuck. Well,
1: Snoop Dogg at least would have been like... The Pink Phantom, Elton John, y'all.
0: Yeah, he'd have been like, "Gorillas in the Know" with Elton John. Gorillas in Rocket Man. (laughs) Oh man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go a little lower than you. uh, But this album uh, is a nine for me. I'm gonna go a little,
1: maybe a little lower. I'm gonna go for an eight and a half.
0: Eight and a half? I can get down with that.
1: Cause it's it's like I said, it's the best gorillas I've heard in a long, long time. But it's not it's it needs that little extra something that those first three albums had. And it doesn't it doesn't have that for me, you know? True. Still highly respectable though. And I have high this this gives me high hopes for Song Machine season two whenever that happens. Yeah, and then
0: there just yesterday there was the announcement that Netflix is doing a Gorillas series.
1: Oh shit! They've I, they've been talking about that for decades now.
0: Yeah, seriously, and I hope they do it right. I hope they do it good. I mean, because yeah. I liked the little short gorilla bite cartoons they made for the for the first album's uh, phase, and I'd always been like, this could really work as a little series, you know? Give us some, some ten minute shorts or something. Uh, and so maybe maybe that's finally gonna happen. Because even when Humans came out, there was an announcement. A gorilla series is happening, but then there was nothing else talked about. Yeah, it.
1: I remember. I remember that.
0: And so now there's the Netflix announcement, and uh, I, I'm all for it if it happens. I'm totally here for it.
1: Oh yeah, like it's 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 just wild that it might actually be finally happening, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, a good 20 years, uh, just about. Yeah. After well, I mean, first, they
1: did drop the, that first... I think it was the first single.
0: Yeah, Tomorrow or, Comes Today.
1: In, like, late 2000, so... Yeah. Uh, the the project is officially listed as having started in, an, I think, 98 or 99. Yeah. Even though they didn't really do anything with it until 2000.
0: Oh, yeah. But, yeah, the, Yeah. Definitely hype for uh, the possible season to um, hope this renewed creativity happens. I would hope for still release those tracks recorded for fucking Plastic Beach that never made the light of day. I want to hear what the horrors did for this for that goddamn album, the only bit you hear of it is in the DVD that came with uh, the deluxe Plastic Beach.
1: I'm amazed we've never gotten like P sides. Yeah, like
0: would love it.
1: I that's that's really interesting to me that that stuff has never seen the light of day. I'm kind of surprised it didn't just come out after Plastic Beach.
0: Yeah, instead of the fall.
1: Although that makes me wonder if maybe they didn't have that many outtakes.
0: Yeah, very well could be. Because then, when when you look at their their more released uh, their their more recently released stuff, I feel like Humans was released with every outtake.
1: Yeah, it, Humans, Humans definitely
0: feels like it was released with every outtake. Um, and even this, like, you know, <clears throat> probably, because I get I feel that the second disc has a lot of, a lot more Altakey kind of stuff, um, because I like all the songs on the second disc, but some of them don't have as much of an impact as some of them on the first disc, but then there's a couple on the first disc where I'm like, this could be on disc two, and I'll be happy, uh, yeah. for instance, fucking Six Lack. That's really the worst thing. That's just the worst thing about this album. <laughs> and I cannot shut up about it. <clears throat> but what's funny, though, is Zach was telling me that autotune is all over this album. And I'm like... It
1: really isn't.
0: <laughs> I'm like, well, there's those two tracks. And then on uh, the Valley of the Pagans with Beck, 2D's kind of using that robot voice thing that... Yeah,
1: filter
0: that Damon Albarn likes to use. Yeah, and to me, like, that robot voice isn't necessarily, like, annoying auto-tune for me. Like, it's just, it fits that electro-funk vibe. You you hear that in shit from the 80s and, you know, late 70s and stuff, you know. Hell, it's, it's on a lot of Daft Punk shit. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say, like, Daft Punk have used that a lot.
0: Like, I think the worst auto-tune I've heard on Daft Punk would be on that Celebrate song.
1: Is that one of the ones on Discovery? Yeah. Excuse me. I can take the Daft Punk with auto-tune because they're robots.
0: Yeah, it fits. It's totally fine.
1: Like, it, it... you know, Daft Punk know if anybody knows how to use vocal effects, it's Daft Punk. Yeah. But now, when you when you told me that like David and Zach both said they hated it, I wasn't super surprised because like I listened to this, I was, and I kind of figured like this this album has a lot of stuff that I know both neither Zach or David really like.
0: Yeah. See, I like yeah they listen to different kinds of stuff. I'm a gorillas fanboy, so
1: and honestly like there was there was like we we were we were saying like talking about like the stuff you hated. There were some tracks when I was listening to it, yesterday, I was like, "Damn, I wonder what Travis is gonna think of this, <laughs> and like you actually surprised me because like you only really hated those two tracks, or no, you only really hated the Elton John track,
0: yeah, yeah. So it, like it sucks that like we got two Elton John collabs this year <clears throat> and both songs suck.
1: Yeah, it's like both kind of botched. Like that's that's weird like Lady Gaga
2: and Gorillas. <laughs> yeah.
1: Man, if you told if, to- if you told if you told me 10 years ago that somebody was going to collaborate with both Lady Gaga and Gorillaz in the same year that would I don't know if I would have believed you
0: what's funny is 10 years ago I I could be like if somebody told me Elton John would be on a Lady Gaga track I'd believe it I'd be like yeah I can see that and then but at the same time If you told me Elton John would have been on a gorilla's track, I would have not believed it, but I would have wanted it. (laughs) You know, like I'm like that would make so much sense.
1: Yeah.
0: And damn it, they fucked it up. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Six Lack. Six
2: Lack. Fucking.
1: (laughs) That That just reminds me of that great, that great cutaway gag in one of, uh, one of your earlier, one of, again, it was one of those 13 badass albums. Go listen to some Kadalur's hard deadmau Dead Mouth 5.
0: Oh yeah, Goddamn Kim. <laughs> that, what's so funny is I knew when, when, when he had sent me that clip, I knew what he was meaning by, by Dead Mouth 5. But I had no idea what he was talking about with Kadalur's Ha. And I'm like, what the... Because I knew Kesha. And I knew the dollar sign in her name. But I, I, I thought he was actually saying the name of a band. Like, Kadalur's Ha is the name of some shitty band. And yeah. it took me a long time. Uh, I think it was Zach that was like, that's Kesha. And I was like... Oh, Cadollar. dollar. Okay. Okay, like like with Marilyn Manson and pretty like a dollar sign. Yeah. Have you Uh-oh. heard that yet, the new Marilyn Manson? I have not. It's, I made the joke yesterday because I haven't listened to it since we did the review. But, uh, you know, I absolutely loved every minute of it. But now I'm like, on camera I loved it. Ah. <laughs> you know, because oh, I haven't, it went all I over again. like I haven't had the desire to really jam it. But if, if you're if you're looking for an interesting, different Marilyn Manson album, it's uh it's up your alley.
1: Man, one of these days I I still need to get Heaven Upside Down too.
0: Man, yeah, there is some interesting stuff happening on that album, but. It is buried beneath stuff that I'm just not into anymore.
1: an <laughs> have, have Upside Down to me is like it is like I did finally listen to the whole thing. It's like like I have such mixed feelings on it because like then and now I'm disappointed that he didn't like continue with the Pale Emperor's shit. But I can look at it and I can say, out of the out of the three or so times he has now tried to do Hollywood, two Electric Boogaloo, <laughs> Heaven Upside Down is the most successful. Yeah. Because like that, I I I listened to all his stuff earlier this year, uh, and I realized that like that's what that's the problem I've had with Hollywood. Like when you, when you did that retro with. Uh, what was it, Alex Edwards?
0: Yeah, three,
1: three years, three or so years ago, and you were saying that Hollywood has kind of like, you've kind of like soured on it. Yeah, I felt that, and I realized when I I li- listened to all those albums this year that like the reason for that is because every Marilyn Manson album after. Eat me, drink me has tried to be Hollywood
0: so hard. It did, man, and like it sucks because there's a, a handful of stuff that I really do like on on uh, high end, low, uh, and even on Heaven Upside Down. But at least none of them are as forgettable as Born Villain. Like to me, the worst Marilyn Manson album.
1: Yes, ab- absolutely.
0: Only thing absolutely. I ever remember from Born Villain is that how he, he uses the fret noise as part of the riff, as the musical note, which I was like, <laughs> that's fucking interesting. Because that's not an accident since you're constantly using it in that riff. I'm like, "That is that is you cu- that is you... Specifically doing that. Because you're you're you hear the fret noise go down and then up in between the fucking chords every time. You're I mean if you're gonna get an accidental fret noise, it happens when you know you're switching your chords, but you're not gonna get a straight up you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was like. Wow, that's so cool. What a what a cool fucking idea to fucking do that. And but that's that's the only positive thing I can say about that album.
1: Yeah, pretty much like like I have it. I've listened to it maybe once in the
0: last eight years. It's like you're using something that should be edited out with pro Tools as part of your uh your fucking <laughs> musical notes, but at the same time it's like it's like
1: you were so wild and so crazy in the nineties and so like experimental at a certain phase of your career, and now you've literally been reduced to using like fret noise as an effect,
0: <laughs> yeah. The dude's just tame as fuck nowadays.
1: He doesn't know what to do with himself because he doesn't—he doesn't scare people anymore. Yeah. He doesn't. He nobody is afraid of Marilyn Manson in
0: 2020. Yeah, like, and I've noticed that when I was a kid. Like, the last time people were really afraid of him was when Hollywood was dropping, and then when um, Golden Age came out. There was a little bit of talk, but that was the first time I was like, nobody's saying anything uh, here about Marilyn Manson. And then when Eat Me, Drink Me came out, it was like nobody gave a fuck anymore.
1: Well, like, like even like as early as like the Golden Age of grotesque, people were starting to make fun of Manson. Mm-hmm. For the fact that nobody was afraid of him anymore yeah like but yeah gorillas albums damn good (laughs) 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 yeah
0: highly recommend it if you're a gorillas fanboy you're gonna like it um if you're somebody new to it you know i'm sure i'm sure you've heard some of these tracks Uh, but, I mean, I I mean, you could start here and be fine, but, you know, I'd still say go chronological, and and maybe skip humans and come to this, who knows.
1: Yeah, it's hard to say.
0: So, eight and a half and a nine. Yup. Totally fucking worth it. So we'll see you guys uh, next time uh, on Spaker Brain. Bye. Later.